You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome to Disney One by One. We are on movie number 19. This is The Jungle Book from 1967. As always, remember to check us out on social media everywhere at Disney One X One. And of course, if you could give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or, or wherever you listen, it will be much appreciated. Joining me today, as always, my brother David Rolfing. David, the, the King Louis to my Baloo. No? I pulled that one out. They're enemies. <laughs> That's a bad one, Mike. The I'm always, I always look forward to your analogies, but. The Bagheera to my Baloo. How about that? Okay, that's better. Hello, okay. thank Hi. you for having me back. Hey. Yeah, you're welcome. What's up? Um, you know, just singing along to blues songs throughout my day now. Yep. Oh, and and if if my voice sounds a little funny, it's because I have a terrible canker sore in the inside of my lip. <laughs> I have, like, I get the worst canker sores. <laughs> Let's keep it. Let's keep a, that in pot. This is a really bad one right now. Did you put your special numbing I stuff did. on I, it? I did. I ran upstairs to numb it before the, before the show. So. That's good. Anyway, and joining us today, a returning guest, all the way back from our Ichabod and Mr. Toad episode, Eric Peterson. Eric, welcome back to Disney One by One. Thank you. Glad to be back. Um, last week, or last time you were on, not last week, but the last time you were on, you uh, told us about your, your dad's massive... Uh, movie collection. <laughs> movie collection. And you've pretty much probably watched all of these movies at some point in your life. Um, well, I think I, I think I mentioned how I had virtually every single Disney movie in those like giant plastic VHS yep. containers. Yeah. And they just lined my walls. So Jungle Book was no exception. Definitely had that one. And yeah, as a kid, just watched so many Disney movies. I mean, it's just, it's just been embedded in my mind. Just all these little things, just mm -hmm. kind of in the recesses of of my brain yeah <laughs> since we've already gone through your your favorite movies in the in the ichabod and mr toad episode i figured we could just i could just get us warmed up with some disney trivia mm -hmm. so i guess Ooh. just holler out the answer or make a make a ding sound if you know how, how should we do this uh i think first one to say the answer might work best okay all right, just holler it out. Unless this, uh, we're communicating via via Google Hangouts, so there's some sort of delay. Someone might have I an advantage. I am so but, ready for this. But we'll see. Okay, we're both in Colorado, so it should be good. All oh, right, mm. okay. we're, we're all synced. beaming. You're both beaming from Colorado to uh, St. Louis. So. Question number one: mm. What is the name of Princess Aurora's prince? What? That's that's Sword in the Stone. Nope. No, 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 that's, that's, that's Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. Yep. Okay. That's, that's Sleeping Beauty, isn't it? Uh, we What's just watched this name? a couple weeks ago, but I do not remember them saying his actual name. All right, it's Prince Philip. Prince Philip. Yes, no. Oh, I said it before right you said after. it. I said it before, you, before I heard it, I swear. <laughs> Did you Google it? No, I just no. remembered. All right, I'll give it to you. David. David's up one nothing. Yeah, and he was named after the actual Prince Philip who's still alive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, question number two. You got a 50-50 shot at this one. <laughs> Cinderella's glass slipper fell off which foot? Left. Right. You got it. No, Eric got it. <laughs> I actually knew it. All right. It's one-to-one. -one. But this is very similar to the first question, but what is the name of Snow White's prince? Prince Charming. 
Nope. Gerald. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this one. It's a, okay, well, because well, it's a trick question. His, his name isn't actually mentioned in the film, but Disney trivia experts know his name is Prince Florian. So sorry, that one was, that one was tough. That right, is ridiculous. Still 1-1. One, one. <laughs> That's so cheap. What is Simba's mother's name? Nala. That's his oh, girlfriend's that's his name. Girlfriend David, you got a you got a free guess here. You got three seconds. I don't even know. I don't even know his dad's name. Mufasa. Mufasa. Man. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? His mom's Mar- name is his mom's name is Sarabi. Oh. Can you picture that in James Earl Jones' voice? Sarabi. Side note: We were talking the other day at work. If you go on iTunes, you can find uh, James Earl Jones reads the Bible. No. Like he reads the entire King James Bible. And oh uh, we were joking that we should download it and and insert some of those lines into Star Wars clips. <laughs> <laughs> that would make an absolutely amazing video. Man, how much do they pay him to read that? I don't know. It's kind of old, but we you can listen to the preview. Like the iTunes preview is like Matthew one, which is just like all. It's like a genealogy. <laughs> it's just like and Joseph Joseph begat Malachi. And, uh, that's pretty funny. And Ezekiel begat Manasses, and Manasses begat Amon, and Amon begat Josias. And Josias begat Jeconias, and his brethren about the time they were carried away to Babylon. It's still 1-1, correct? Yes. No one got Sarabi. Okay. In what Disney film does the title character not have a single line of dialogue? Dumbo. Correct. Oh, I definitely have the advantage with these questions, Mike, because these are all movies that we've watched. Yeah, so you guys I'm are te- reviewing these like all the time. I'm so. testing. I'm testing Eric's uh, deep embedded knowledge. All right, here's one we haven't watched yet. Uh, David's up to one. How long was the genie stuck in the lamp? Uh, Four thousand years. No, 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 no. A thousand years. Nope. Ten thousand years. David got it. Yeah. Oh, he goes, really? Ten thousand years. That was just lucky. Such a, <laughs> such a crick, crick in the neck. In the neck. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that. Okay. To be honest, I thought these were all going to be Jungle Book trivia. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, one last one. Prince Charming is from which Disney movie? Sleeping. No. <clears throat> Tangled. <clears throat> no, no, no. Um. Okay, Prince Charming. Uh, yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Nope. We had, uh, we said Prince Philip's Living Beauty. You, keep, you can keep guessing. Uh, uh, oh, Prince Charming, Prince Charming. I, I feel like we're out of the classic. Nope. You got, you got one big one. Yeah, Cinderella. You got it. Oh, crap. Wait, it's tied up, isn't it? Oh, oh is no, it tied? Is. No, it it's three no. to two. I think it's three to right? three. I think David wins. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> All right, I'll concede. All right. I'll keep this trivia music going and read a couple more iTunes reviews. Thanks so much for writing these first from Jason Carnes. He says, I'm always looking for fun Disney podcasts. This one provides a good balance of historical context and fun insight. Keep it up. And from WD and from WDW nut four, five, six. Great idea guys, but more so your interaction with each other is great. I really enjoy going over these movies in detail since I haven't watched them in 40 plus years in some cases. Thank you very much for those reviews. If you haven't heard yours yet, you'll hear it on a future show. And if you haven't written one yet, do it. (laughs) We'll read it here. And now, Here's the Jungle Book. And now, our feature presentation. It's been a long time in coming, but now, after four years, the announcement can be made. Walt Disney's most entertaining triumph in the art of animation is here. Ha <laughs> ha, what have we here? It's Walt Disney's 
The Jungle Book. The Jungle Book is based on the 1894 collection of short stories by Rudyard Kipling. Bill Peet brought this story to Walt following Sword in the Stone. Bill Peet was like the lone writer on 101 Dalmatians and also Sword in the Stone. And he brought this idea to Walt Disney as potentially the next movie. And Walt was like, sure, let's try it out. Pete started developing this thing and working on it and stayed pretty close, stayed pretty true to the original book, which is kind of dark. Which was definitely depressing, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Then Sword in the Stone didn't do very well. And so Walt was like, well, can we make this happier? And Pete's like, no, I want to make it dark. And Walt's like, well, screw you. And so Pete, <laughs> Pete, after being part of Disney Animation since the beginning, since Snow White, um, left Disney Animation in January of 1964. Jeez. So, uh, he had quite the tenure, but left after this sort of dispute with Walt about the tone of the Jungle Book. So a guy named Larry Clemens kind of took over the development. And Walt told him, don't read the book. Take, take the characters and let's make it our own. In fact, I think he said, the only thing I ask of you is that you do not read this book. (laughs) (laughs) And he apparently said the same thing to the Sherman brothers, who were the guys who wrote most of the songs. Right. Um, They, too, were brought in to replace kind of someone else who was writing sort of darker sounding music. They had worked on Sword in the Stone and then, as we mentioned last week, continued on to work on many Disney projects, some of the legends of Disney music. But they were also told by Walt, do not look at the book, just do your own thing, which is kind of interesting. So Mm -hmm. the big thing that deviated from past Disney movies is they decided to hire a bunch of celebrities to do the voices of all the characters, which nowadays is like all they ever do for stuff like this. It is completely standard. But back then, people kind of thought of it as lazy. You know, it's like <laughs> you're going to base these characters on characters people already know from mm-hmm. real life. Mm-hmm. Why don't you make some great characters and find the voices to fill them sort of thing? But they went with it and they hired Phil Harris, who was a pretty famous comedian at the time, apparently. I haven't heard of any of these people, but <laughs> <laughs> back then, back then they were famous. Um, people thought Walt was a little crazy, but it ended up obviously being quite iconic. Oh, um, he then, is like one of the best voices ever. Oh, it's great. And and then they brought him back to play basically the same character in Robin Hood. I know. <laughs> so good, Little John. And then for King Louis, they hired uh, a guy named Louis Prima, or Louis Prima, maybe, who's a famous jazz musician. Uh, and then they got some, like, like really prominent actors, like serious actor folk to play Shere Khan and Bagheera, uh, George Sanders and Sebastian Cabot Cabot, stars of the day. And then, of course, they brought back some of the go-to folks in some of these movies. Sterling, Sterling Holloway, who I've mentioned as one of my favorites, he plays Ka. He's also the stork in Dumbo. He's the original Winnie the Pooh. And, of course, the uh, one of the narrators in Three Caballeros. Near and dear to my heart. I wonder what his real voice is like. Oh, it's really like that. <laughs> I, I hear it is really like that, yeah. <laughs> He's kind of a goofy looking guy, and I mean you can find interviews with him on online and yeah, I mean it's kinda it's kinda what he sounds like. Very airy. One of the more interesting casting things about Jungle Book is uh, the voice of Mowgli, which they had this exact same problem in Sword in the Stone. They hired someone to play King Arthur, or whatever they called him, Wart, little Wart in Sword in the Stone. But his voice changed halfway through production, so they had to bring on the director's twin sons to like do the finish off the voice. The exact same thing happened in this movie. They hired a guy named 
named David Bailey. <laughs> I, I mean, production, what? It took like three years. I guess. And so his voice that, changed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice the voice being weird in this one. I did notice in Sword in the Stone. Well, I don't even think they got as far as like recording. Yeah, he he had to drop, and because it, it was like a it was like a three year production, which I guess if he was like twelve or something, it would have dropped during it. <laughs> <laughs> and so they brought on Wolfgang Rieleman's final son <laughs> to to be the voice of uh, of Mowgli. So he was also the voice of Christopher Robin in the Winnie the Pooh stuff. So kind of fun. And he is apparently now a nature preservist or something hmm. like that. So yeah. And it's also interesting, every single one of these people is a white person. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, nowadays, they would... Well, I mean, there's the live-action Jungle Book. They certainly got an Indian, an Indian mm-hmm. kid to play to play Mowgli, but... And I think be... Idris, Idris Elba voiced Shere Khan or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the characters, yeah. Well, um, it, was, it, was, it was really interesting, because, like, apparently there were like a bunch of people who thought that the portrayal of King Louis was like super racist and it was like smack dab in the middle of the civil rights movement. Um, but Louis Prima is this white, heavy Italian, Italian, (laughs) Italian descent man who apparently was speaking in his normal voice. So (laughs) like it wasn't, it wasn't like anything intentional at all. Yeah. I was thinking that when I was watching it, but then I looked him up and I, yeah, I noticed, I noted the same thing. Yeah. And then as far as the animation goes, they use the same uh, xerography, Xerox kind of process, which, as we mentioned in the last couple episodes, it definitely gives the animation a little bit of, like, rough around the edges kind of look. Uh, Not near as, like, crisp and smooth as as far as, like, Dumbo and some of the earlier movies, because they were Mm. able to basically use, like, like, an old form of, like, Xerox copying to help, like, transfer their drawings onto the cells that were used to (laughs) film and, like... I guess that's just sort of the time period we're in in Disney is is the Xerox time yeah. period. <laughs> well, it was it was like um, I I mean you guys just saw Sword in the Stone, right? Yeah. Um, apparently, the the scene where Mowgli gets mobbed by the dogs is like the exact same scene in Sword of the Stone. Like they mm, used yeah. the exact. Yeah, I mentioned template. that. Yeah. On on that episode, I, that was one of my fun facts for the <laughs> history and then they apparently used some of the animation of the dalmatians for the uh wolf cubs as well um i mentioned the music the sherman bros george bruns george bruns i still haven't figured out how to pronounce this guy's name who's basically done the score for every single one of these movies is back yet again this guy is incredible and then yeah, like i said the sherman brothers wrote all but one of the original songs uh, the guy who they fired, his name was Terry Gilkeson, and he wrote The Bare Necessities. So that was all that was left from the more serious music, even though that song is not serious at all. Bare Necessities is like one of the most like cheery songs in Disney. Uh, this movie was released October 18th, 1967, which was 10 months after Walt's death. So this was the last movie that he supervised, mm. and he did not actually get to see it to completion. Uh, but despite that, it was a huge success. It initially brought in 23.8 million, uh, now a lifetime gross uh, after subsequent releases of over 140 million. It is the second most successful movie in Germany of all time. What? (laughs) (laughs) As far as ticket sales go, it's not necessarily like monetarily, but as far as like tickets sold, it is only behind Avatar. No. It even sold, sold more tickets than Titanic in Germany. You know, I find I find that really fortuitous because 
I read I read that Walt was like, if this doesn't do well, I don't think we should do animation anymore. Well, and it, the same, and then he died, and they were really thinking that. Yeah. But then it was obviously super successful, and so it. Yeah. It, it seems like that's how a lot of these movies have been. <laughs> we talked about that last episode, David, with Sword in the Stoner. Recently, we spoke of something very similar to that, mm-hmm. where they like almost shut down. Well, no, it, that's what led to the whole Xerox thing. Uh, whatever <laughs> they're like we can't afford to make 101 Lamations and this guy's like well if we use this new technology we can cut the budget in half and that like save the studio so they're like genius yeah yeah so uh, Bare Necessities was nominated for an Oscar for best original song but it lost to a song from the Dr. Doolittle movie mm-hmm. there are a number of spin-offs, sequels uh, remakes etc including Jungle Book 2 from 2003 Tailspin, the the television cartoon. You remember watching that? Yes. Day? Yeah, I love that show. Tailspin. Man, I have very vague memories of Tailspin. I watched that show a lot. Uh, the theme song so good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like got a Tailspin Jamaican Jamaican yeah. vibe. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, oh, I... Tailspin. Oh yeah, yeah, Tailspin. Yeah. Oh, you know what I have stuck in my head? I was trying to think of the tail, and I had the DuckTales. DuckTales, And I was just like, oh, man, that's stuck in my head. That's a Life different one. Like totally a different. hurricane here, here in Duckburg. Duck yeah. 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 Well, Dave, you said, like, Jamaican reggae style. I immediately thought of uh, Arthur. Every day when you're walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, nothing will be that one. that you meet. Which is sung by Bob Marley's son. Ziggy no. Marley. Yeah. So. Ziggy. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. And everybody that you meet has an original point, no point of view. view. <laughs> so, and then apparently there's a 1994 live action remake of The Jungle Book, which I had oh. not heard of until yesterday when I found Mike. the trailer for it. It looks awful no mike you need to watch it it is like okay this might be biased because 1994 is deep in my childhood um and i was uh what it was i was seven years old when that came out but that movie uh i think i think there's some redeeming qualities about that but this might be one of those situations where i saw something as a child i see it as an adult and i'm like what did i see in this movie sure uh, I remember it being amazing. I remember it being like so, so good. So I don't know. Because it had John Cleese is in it for Monty mm-hmm. Python, which mm-hmm. I always could use some John Cleese in my life. Mowgli uh, was like a non Mowgli was like a non actor, I think. Like he, I don't remember him being in anything. Mowgli guy, looks like he's 30 years old in this trailer. Yeah, oh, he is. <laughs> well, and the guy's name is Jason Scott Lee, and he's like Chinese or something. Yeah, and, and, the, and the premise is kind of sense. like. It's it it's like he's he's living in the jungle. He's kind of like it's it's basically Tarzan. Like honestly, now that I think about it, it's Tarzan, because there's like a Jane character um, who kind of falls in love with him. There's like you know the hunter in Tarzan with like the double barrel shotgun. Like that there is a guy like that also yeah. who wants to exploit. Yeah, he wants to like exploit the situation. And I don't know. I, I would I would actually check it out. It's it's kind of campy, but it's it's pretty good. And none of and none of the animals talk. So okay, yeah, but they use real animals too yeah yeah they do yeah unlike the next remake which we'll get into but yeah jason scott lee 
is appropriately cast in the upcoming live action Mulan movie, mm. uh, inappropriately cast as an Indian boy. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 are, wait, hold on. Are you, are you saying the guy who plays Mowgli in this movie is in the live action Mulan movie? Yes. Oh, wow. That's being like shot right now. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know there was one. Yeah. 2020. That's pretty cool, actually. All right. Uh, I forget who's directing it. Uh, Thus perpetuating the, uh, the ongoing trend of ruining all of our childhoods. Yeah, it's being directed by a, <laughs> a lady named Nikki Caro. I've never heard of her. So hmm. She did hmm. uh, Whale Rider, apparently. Oh, Whale Rider. That's a really yeah. good uh, New Zealand film. So yeah, so yeah, there's the 1994 Jungle Book, and then of course the 2016 uh, quote-unquote live-action remake by John Favreau uh, that was all shot in a studio in LA. <laughs> live-action um, meaning there's a little boy and a green screen. Yeah, which I don't know. Did you guys see that one? I yeah. did. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought I thought production on it was really good. I thought the um, the CG was real or the CGI was really clean. Um, there's a lot of discussion, which I won't get into as far as the necessity of the film, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I had a good time. Yeah. I mean, you can get into the necessity talk about any of these, uh, remakes <laughs> that are going on, but at least they cast an Indian boy as Mowgli, you know? Oh yeah. No. And he like down to the little loincloth he was wearing. It's like, he, he totally looks like Mowgli from the cartoon. Yeah. Which is great. And then, uh, who, who played, I think. Did Christopher Walken play King Louie? I think that's yeah, he was, did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> and Bill Murray as Baloo. So. As as not as King Louie, as like King Louie, like like he's got to be like forty feet tall. Yeah, he was. Yeah, huge. he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie in three D. I think at oh, this man. theater in town that like is. I've complained to the manager so many times that like one of their screens, like the bottom quarter of the screen is just out of focus and they like can't fix it. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, it's fine for the most part, unless there's like subtitles on the screen and then it's like really noticeable, (laughs) but it was super noticeable in 3d and it just made me mad. But anyway, I I survived. (laughs) I don't go to that theater very often. This was something, this was something actually I didn't know was that, um, the King Louis character wasn't actually in the book. He doesn't appear in the book because apparently orangutans are not native to India. <laughs> um, but then I was like, but bears are native to India? I did I, Google I, that. Are they? Yeah, there's three different species of bear in India, including the sloth bear, which is the kind of bear that Blue is. Yeah, I, I questioned the same thing, if there are bears in India, and they <laughs> apparently are. Uh, the sloth bears are very funny looking. I suggest you to Google it. There's a Pokemon that looks just like the sloth bear. It has the same symbol on its chest. <laughs> and, uh, David, do you know what that Pokemon is called? It's called Yursaring. Good, good piece just, of trivia there. I'll take you on your word. That is a weird-looking bear. Yeah, it is. And that, that doesn't look anything like Baloo. Give me a break. No, not particularly. Whatever. But um, So we're still in... <laughs> where are we? Oh, uh, I was trying to... Wrapping up history and context and stuff, I was trying to think if this movie is represented anywhere in the, in the Disney parks, and uh, I cannot really think of anything. But there at least used to be a Baloo and, and uh, Louie meet-and-greet at Animal Kingdom. There may still be. And if you search on YouTube, you can find a a rare Mowgli meet and greet, which is incredibly bizarre. Please tell me he's Indian. No, he's not. The guy's somewhat dark skinned, has some sort of terrible wig on. And 
He's in like a like a skin colored bodysuit. No, with why? like a loincloth attached to it. And he, the guy's like twenty something, but he's like playing a kid. <laughs> he's like talking. He's like talking with a high voice. He's no, like, he's hey. playing the nineteen ninety four version. He's like, hey friends, what jungle are you from? And the guy in the video is like, well, I'm from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I recommend uh, it. Bye bye. See you next time. Uh, all right, well, let's continue on with Jungle Book. Eric, growing up, did you watch this movie a lot? Are you pretty familiar with it? I, I probably saw it like a total of like three or four times when I was a kid, maybe even less, which is just even more dumbfounding that I that those songs just like stuck in my brain yeah. somewhere. Yeah. David, how about you? What's your memory of this movie? I know we watched it at home, but... Yeah, this is definitely one of the VHSs that we had, I believe, because I remembered a lot of the movie, um, the songs especially, but I mean, I remembered like sort of the key scenes with the elephants, with the snake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Mowgli tying the flaming branch to his tail and like, that's how he won. But I mean, I didn't really know exactly where the movie is going, but as I was watching it, it kind of came back to my memory. So I was pretty familiar. Yeah. I definitely watched this a lot as a kid. Uh, similar to 101 Dalmatians, watching it, you know, yesterday brought back a ton of memories. I had, a, I, you know, knew a lot of the music cues and <laughs> just, most of this movie was pretty ingrained in my mind. Uh, I remembered a lot of it. So it was, it was fun to watch it again. So be honest, were you guys singing when you were rewatching it? A little bit, a little bit. A little, yes. <laughs> I was definitely singing. My roommates were definitely probably wondering what was going on in my room <laughs> with my headphones on. <laughs> Jungle Book, Eric, you've watched it again. What'd you think? Um, yeah, like I said, I picked up on a few different things um, that I hadn't picked up on before. Um, I love, I love this, I love this movie though. Like honestly, just the songs are amazing. Although, yeah, I mean, y- you can kind of tell that this, that this is e- even with Walt's influence to kind of dumb down the depressing kind of dark sides of this you can still see some of the dark aspects creeping into this film like it starts off with this boat crashed and this like bassinet and honestly (laughs) the first thought i had was just like it's kind of morbid that we never really find out what happened to the parents, but it's pretty clear that they died. Or do you start singing like Prince of Egypt songs? <laughs> yeah. Deliver us. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, there, there was little things like that. And I, I could probably talk a little bit more about things throughout, but it was, it was a good rewatch and uh, interesting to watch it more as an adult than a kid. Sure. David, how about you? In my mind, it was one of my favorites growing up. I think maybe I had expectations a little too high, but I mean, I think the highlights for me were the music. I definitely enjoyed the first half of the movie more than the second half. That being kind of like the first encounters with, what's this? Who's the snake? What's his Ka. name? Ka. Ka. Like I was laughing at kind of like the animation with Ka and just like, it was pretty funny. And I liked the first encounter with the elephants and Mowgli trying to like be one of them. But once it got to the monkeys and it kind of was more like the slapstick humor, you know, like the chasing around and all that sort of thing. I wasn't a huge fan of that scene. And the second half was definitely not quite as good for me, but 
the relationship between Mowgli and and Baloo is kind of the main like overarching highlight for me. Mm. And I don't I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite Disney movie, but it definitely has highlights. Yeah, I think the the highlights for me were definitely the characters. So many great characters in this movie. The the plot, there isn't really that much of a plot. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just kind of like bouncing from one thing to the next. Yeah. Not a lot happens, but I really enjoyed the the different characters, the different voices, like so many incredible voices, as we talked about, like a lot of famous actors they brought in, which I mean you can tell these guys know what they're doing, you know, and and the voice of Baloo mainly because I've seen Robin Hood so many times. Like, I was just thinking about Robin Hood. <laughs> like, I love this guy. It, you know, I think the backgrounds and the animation are, are generally very, very well done. I mean, it's going to be, it's hard to beat the Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> you know, we watched that a few weeks ago and, and just the detail and the stylized forest in Sleeping Beauty, I don't think will ever be beat. I don't know. Kind of what you said, David, I expected to, I think, like this a little bit more just because it was this movie from childhood that I watched a lot. And because it's just kind of a classic, I don't think it'll eke its way into my top 10. But overall, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's nice to get a new type of location. We, we were talking last <laughs> week about how it seems like every movie takes place in England. <laughs> There's so many of them or in some just like fantasy, fantasy kingdom. It's a good point. And so, well, I guess India was a British colony at the time still probably, but, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you definitely get those influences. Um, I think, I think one of my favorite characters in this whole movie, aside from blue was, uh, the Colonel, uh, and just kind of like the, who's like the, the lead, elephant in the brigade and like his just his like personality of this like old stuck in his ways good old days kind of maharaja army you know reminiscing about everything it was it was per and just like his like raspy yeah it was just like it was it was perfect it was absolutely perfect hey, i think at one point <laughs> he said something like uh, the Maharaja Pachyderm Parade. I was like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the, yeah, you see that kind of like, he was just like, oh, it must have been in 88. And you're, just, you're realizing, oh, he's talking about like 1888. And this is like the British kind of influence in India. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty great. <laughs> One of those elephants was voiced by an elephant that was in Dumbo, oh, by the way. No surprise. Wait, I thought Dumbo didn't have a voice. <laughs> Oh, but the, one of the, the old one of the old ladies, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, his mom or the gossipy, his mom's gossipy friends. Eric, if you had to pick a favorite character from this movie, who is who is your favorite? Oh man, definitely, definitely Baloo. God, he is he's easily like I wrote that down. He's like easily my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> I love like I love his voice. Um, I love the guy who does voice. Like you said, like I, I also watched Robin Hood. So like, you know, he had this kind of like Disney presence. He was. Yeah. I mean, just like the fact that he's a bit like, I don't know, like even just his voice, like you're just like, what other character, what other animal would he be? You, you can't see him as anything but this like big lovable bear. And yeah, he's, he's just great. <laughs> I love his, his attitude in this movie. Well, it's a doobity doo. Yes, it's a doobity doo. I mean a doobie 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 dee doo. And with, well now, <laughs> what have we here? David, how about you besides Baloo? <laughs> 
Uh, besides blue, <laughs> I'm not very good at these animal names. What's the pa- Black Panther's Bagheera. name? Bagheera. 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 Okay. He's cool. Yeah, he is a solid character just because you like, I don't know, he's such a good father caretaker figure to Mowgli. Like, you know, he's always there for him, even though he wants to give him the freedom to like make his own decisions. But then at the end, he's like the one that's reluctant to let him go after the human girl just because he he cares about him so much. But, you know, there's just a really good relationship there. And you could tell that he had the best in mind and was trying to do the best for Mowgli. And yeah, I enjoyed that relationship as well as the more fun loving, you know, do whatever you want, become a bear relationship he had with Baloo. Oh no, it's Baloo, that shiftly stupid jungle bum. Weave about now and look for an opening. Yeah, aside from those two, I'd have to pick Shere Khan. I think he's kind of awesome. I loved his just like attitude and demeanor. I mean, it all has to do with that guy that got to voice him. But I just loved his voice. He reminded me a lot of Scar, Mm. Lion King. I'm sure that was inspired. Scar was inspired by him. Element of surprise. I say. (laughs) And now for my rendezvous with the little lost man cub. We we don't have to do our least favorite, but Ka is easily my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys got this, but he just comes off super creepy and like mildly pedophile-ish in this movie. Yeah, where where he's just I mean, and you know, I don't I don't think that that's intentional, but you know, and and when he was doing you know his like seductive bits you know with his eyes and stuff i i don't know if you got this happened to you guys but i actually got super tired also <laughs> like <laughs> any i don't know why like i just like i started getting like really tired in the movie when whenever it was like a scene with him in it and uh yeah i don't know <laughs> and i almost fell asleep during the rewatch <laughs> but yeah he, he came off really creepy in this movie yeah. <laughs> trust in me just in me. I he maybe was a little bit much like his voice and everything, but I just loved the way that they animated his body and like turned his coils into like a character. You know when uh, oh that's true. Shere Khan was trying to find Mowgli and he was hiding him in different sections of his body. I just thought that that animation was was so creative. I didn't really enjoy the song he sang. It was kind of oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. off putting. But the animation when he's like lifting Mowgli in midair, but then he ends up back on the tree and everything was just uh, pretty unique. <laughs> Incredibly creative. I mean, the, the the animators in these movies are just they're insane. Shut your eyes. Let's talk a little bit about the songs before we wrap this up. There's so many good songs in this movie, but I, I, I love some of the lesser songs, especially at the very end. The very end of the movie, Mowgli's sort of being, what's the word, enticed by this uh, this girl gathering gathering water from the river. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the song she's singing is so haunting. Father's hunting in the forest. Mother's cooking in the Go to fetch the water till 
like a siren song. Yeah, very much so. And then David, you mentioned the Trust in Me song, which is the Ka song that yeah. I didn't particularly like, but it's part of it. And then what else was there? We had the uh the elephants. Did they have a little song? They're marching yeah. maybe. Oh, two, three. Yeah. Da, 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 da. The yeah, Trust was, in Me yeah. song was originally written for Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, I I read that too. Yeah, that was super weird. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was named something else. It was like Sands of something, but yeah, it was interesting. I'd have to listen to it again. I don't remember how it goes, but there is a song in Mary Poppins called Stay Awake. Hmm. It's like kind of minory and sort of creepy. It's like this weird lullaby she sings. Kind of reminded me of some of that. Stay awake. Don't Anything else, guys, before we wrap this up? I think I think the only other thing that I noted, um, like as an adult, was just like broader themes. And uh, rewatching it, when it finally ended, um, I was noting like all the things that Mowgli did. And especially, I think I had this thought when he was with the vultures. And I noted that Jungle Book is like a greater story of identity and just f- like finding it when you feel out of place, um, finding friends, having them stick it out and be there for you. And it's, and it's like Mowgli is just bouncing from like one situation to the next, it's like humans, wolves, you know, this overarching Bagheera kind of figure and then the bear and then the vultures or the monkey and the vultures. It's just like, it goes on and on and on and on. And then finally, when he gets to the vultures, it's like, I have no place. And the vultures are like, you have friends in us, which I don't know, maybe they were just trying to be his friends so they could eat him. But yeah, that that was kind of like this thing that I noticed. (laughs) One of those adult thoughts is definitely not something you think as a kid. It was it kind of made me appreciate the the movie even more that it was just like, yeah, here's this kid. He's just trying to find his way and where he fits. And then, you know, at the end, he he does like, you know, he finds his people and he was so resistant to that before and then at the end he's like hmm, maybe this isn't so bad can he even speak the people language <laughs> yeah. so that was another thing i was thinking there's like there's like animals who talk in this movie and there's animals who don't talk in this movie and it's like does Mowgli know every language of the animals as well like what is happening <laughs> my uh favorite part was uh the line in bare necessities where he goes now, when you pick a pawpaw or a prickly pear and you prick a raw paw, well, next time beware, don't pick the prickly pear by the paw. When you pick a pear, try to use the claw, but you don't need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big pawpaw. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. I like that like, a lot. Yeah, that's really Because cr- it's not exactly, you know, like rhyme <laughs> after rhyme, but it's just, it's really fun to say. Now, when you pick a pawpaw or a prickly pear, and you prick a raw paw. Well, next time, beware. So anyway, with that, let's uh, <laughs> let's move into our final ratings of this movie. Eric, as our esteemed guest, and David, mm. you can certainly help. We need to create a rating system for Jungle Book. So what do we got? Prickly paw. Prickly pears? <laughs> prickly pears, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many prickly pears? Okay, we're going to do five again. I think I did five okay. before. All right. So Eric, out of five prickly pears, what do you give the Jungle Book? And uh, give us your final thoughts. Yeah, I'd give this one like a oh, it's either like a three five or a four, and and I and I struggle with that because like it's either a three five because it's not exactly the best Disney movie, but 
it's so memorable. And like these songs, they really are timeless and they've like, like I said, they just stick in your brain. So yeah, I'd say it's, I'd say it's four out of five. I'll give it a four. No, no I'll give it a three out of five. We'll just do that. <laughs> Wait, a three? A three? Three, three, no. Oh, three, three, point three and five. a half. That's what I meant to say. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Three and 3. a half. 3.5 okay. prickly pears out of five. That's my, okay. that's my. David, how many prickly pears do you give Jungle Book? Well, I made my calculations and it was a three, five as well. So <laughs> yes. great minds think alike. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all kind of on the same page. Like, we really like it, but it wasn't the best thing ever. It could have been better in some areas. Yeah. The story could have been better in some areas. Yeah. But it had some solid characters, some solid, really really memorable songs, and good animation, but not the best animation. So It's no Ichabod, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yes. I don't remember what I gave that movie. <laughs> Did we rate it? Yeah, we did. Uh, I don't remember. I'd have <laughs> yeah. to, we have to go back and find <laughs> that episode. So I use the uh, Letterboxd app. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, where you basically can keep track of movies that you watch, mm. and you can rate them out of five stars. So as soon as I watched Jungle Book, I went in there and I rated it a three out of five. So three is pretty solid in my mind. Uh, like I mentioned, it's not my favorite. Certainly nostalgic. I didn't particularly like enjoy the plot of the movie, as I said, but... Really like a lot of the characters in the song, so solid, solid three in my book, and uh, that's about it. So, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Eric Peterson, thanks so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me. And uh, David, as always, it is wonderful to be going through these movies with you. One second, looking at the quote to <laughs> sign off with. <laughs> Don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. Baloo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Mike. Uh, you're welcome. This was very fun. You're welcome. And for those of you listening, please feel free to give us a rating and review wherever you listen to the show. Again, it is much appreciated. So with that, we'll see you next week with the Aristocats. David, have you seen Aristocats? Once, like, but I don't remember it at all. I think, I think it was on Disney Channel or something. Eric, how about you? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I don't think I have either other than other than uh, some sing-along video segments. So. so we'll see what we think. More animals, more Disney animals. We'll see you next week at the Aristocats. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. This is really liver.